beautiful. All guards are beautiful. Not they're the one that's dealing with me. Beautiful. She's a stupid surname as well. What's her surname? Hines. Like the like beans. Ketchup. Oh. Like the beans. <laughs> stupid. Beanie cunt. Is that the same? Uh, yeah. Um, hello. We're back. Finally. We're back. Uh, we will not delete this episode. <laughs> oh, that's all my fault. <laughs> We've had, when I tell you, a nightmare. A two weeks. Mm. We recorded for three hours. Yeah. And it got deleted. And it was very good. I cried. It was, it was very emotional. It was a very emotional episode. We talked about a lot of things and then the fucking thing got deleted so we couldn't put that up and everything went to hell and then the Patreon got deleted and I had to do that. The Patreon and got deleted? We did the, remember the Patreon stuff that we did? We did the Patreon stuff that, at the start. Oh, that all got deleted yeah. as well. And then we had to go back and redo the Patreon stuff. Um, so that's why we've been gone. It's been a fucking nightmare. Everything's gone to hell. Sarah's mental and work. I'm mental and work. Colin's mental and work. But we're we're here now. Hopefully we're here. We're queer. We're, we, we don't, don't want, want any more bears. bears. Um. So sorry to everybody. I've had a couple of people asking, "Is everything okay? Where are we?" I'm <laughs> like, "We're Grant. We're here now. This seems to be recording." I think I need a Xanax. I think I'm going through something. <laughs> right. I don't half half. Okay. If I take this, what'll happen? It just. Chills you out, but just please, I don't want to give you a phone answer because I think it might fucking knock you out, to be honest with you. And then we'd have two people and we like, I've built up a tolerance anyway somewhere. Um, but yes, welcome to the podcast. We are back. People were mad, some people weren't mad, some people were like, What's Were people wrong? mad? No, they weren't mad, I'm only messing, no, but people were just like, Worst podcast. It was so funny, I was down in my um, a home in Longford there, it was my sister's birthday, and my cousin Kay, who listens, came in and she was like, uh, where's, where, when are you coming back where's the episodes and I was like oh. immediately <laughs> just felt put under pressure and I was like Wednesday Wednesday I promise Wednesday um, so I promise Kate so yeah you're not, so my uncle uh, Richie told me he listened to an episode I literally and you're nicer to me because I messaged him to say uh, stop listening no I didn't even say stop listening I said what the fuck are you doing listening to that it's nothing to do with you <laughs> and then I and then he was like sorry excuse me and I wrote back <laughs> I wrote back word for word stay the fuck out of my business <laughs> Like, stay out of this broadcast yeah. that is out for it's everybody like, to It's for everybody to except my family. <laughs> um, this is a true story, right? But I have uh, aunties who are twins. Yes. And if you if you say... Now, and I mean this they're so identical funny. twins. You say one of them If you like? say you're so like Caroline or you're so like Bernie... They'd be like, eh, excuse me, sorry. Like, how can you not tell us apart? How dare you say I'm like You're her? identical twin. You're an identical twin. Ide- like, not even like, you're not even just twins. You're identical. identical twins. I feel like that would really stress me out to look at my face all the time. But like, this is what I look like. I look up. But then again, I don't know. Twins, tell us. Is that a thing? I think, I think, yeah, because my, just, my two aunties are like, that's not even staring at the face. I think two of them think each other are ugly. Oh no! And they're identical twins. Yeah, that's some cognitive dissonance. Yeah, there, yeah. and then you'd be like, eh, "I don't look anything like her." Identical. Sorry, excuse me. Identical. Graham just be like, "Which one is that?" Have I met either of them? One of them's missing a leg. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. It's just that's easy. It's just easy to tell them apart because one of them's missing a leg now. I have. <laughs> like so, you've met my auntie Anne. Yeah. And then my aunt Caroline and my aunt Bernie. I think you have met them. Oh, your auntie that was in the house that day. She's so nice. I really. That's like my her. auntie Anne, and she's, she's not an identical twin. She is so And then my nice. aunt Caroline and my auntie Bernie are identical twins, but one of them is. Uh, has an um, has her has had to have her leg amputated, um, which is terribly sad. But it makes and it's her, crazy what happened to her as well. Like so when your auntie was telling us, yeah. like, what the? But fuck? now it makes it incredibly easy to tell them apart. Yeah, like I told you about the time I went to Liffey Valley. So she... Jesus Christ! 
We're in Lily Valley. And like my niece Laurie, who's Trey. Yeah. And is three, so she's a three-year-old. So just says whatever yeah, she yeah. says. And uh, we first time she ever met my aunt Caroline, and she was like, uh, "Why you had no leg?" <laughs> <laughs> like she just went to her. Uh, what did your auntie say? Why you had no leg? Why you had no leg? And she went, "Why you had no leg?" And um, my auntie Caroline was like turned and melted and like looked at me really sadly, and she went, "She asked me why I have no leg," and I was like, "Yeah, she's three <laughs> You have no name. That is shocking for a three-year-old. And she didn't have like her fake or her like... Uh, oh, her, 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 her prosthetic. Her prosthetic. She didn't have her prosthetic. She didn't have like anything. And I was like, yeah, you've got no legs. She's going to be like, why you got no legs? She's leg? three. Kids but ask then she gave her a jaunt on her... Um, on her little scooter. On her scooter and she was loving it. She was happy out. Do you think this Annex will help me sleep now tonight? Probably, yeah. Helps me sleep. Do you think I'll have dreams? I keep dreaming I about work. I don't remember my dreams when I text Onyx. But I, I don't know how it affects different people, like, do you know what I mean? That one time I took it on a plane, it did the opposite. Yeah, that's why I didn't give you a full one, because that fucked you up the last time I gave you a full one. But I wasn't anxious on the plane. Are you anxious now? I'm like, yeah, you, I'm it's like... some simmering like a little bit just, of anxiety? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just stressed. I'm just like, there's Is a lot going on. Is things in work? It's just, just, everybody's moving and changing and I don't like it. What do you mean? Oh, because of... Uh, yeah, going and... Um, it's just stretched, everybody's stretched, there's just... Too much happening. Yeah, there's too much happening and I actually, like, yeah, I don't like it. They keep asking me about going to that other station and I don't want to go. Okay, well, I know it's easy for me to say put your fucking foot down. But I don't think I really have a choice either. Anyway, Well, I don't have, like, there's nowhere else for me to go if they close one and keep the other one open. You're around fucking Blanche. Boo, 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 boo. Here, can everybody make this podcast famous so we don't have to do anything? Else? I don't I ever want to work. Live off the podcast and I've been be doing la- the Euro Millions. Lazy cunts. The Euro Millions is 220 million euros. What? Isn't that insane? The Irish lottery was 19 million. I, I can't believe it. Yeah. This is such an old lady yeah. conversation. But I didn't, and Graham's ma immediately the minute I said her, I said, Did you do the lotto? Like, did you do the lotto? I, I said, I, did, I didn't. Graham did it. She's like, Grand, grand. We're all in. We're all in. <laughs> I should do the lottery. I talk about the lottery all the time. And I'm like, nah, I never do the lottery. It doesn't interest me or. I'm very lazy as a person. Mm, yeah, halfway there. Look at um, you. I'm watching. What are you watching on the telly? Sopranos. I wrote a little. You go, but somebody messaged me. Gabagoo. You gabagoo. Somebody gabagoo. Tweet, somebody tweeted me uh, gabagoo stuff. Uh, there's a. Have you seen the one? You know that thing they used to put on the DVDs before. Um, you wouldn't rob a handbag. You wouldn't rob. You a- wouldn't rob your husband. Your policeman's car for policeman's head. Take a shit in his helmet and, and send it to his, his wife. wife. And then steal a bed from his wife. <laughs> there was one that would look at. Someone made it. You wouldn't gab a go. You wouldn't gab a go. <laughs> um, I finished The Sopranos. I was very happy with the ending of The Sopranos. But I understand why some people were upset at the ending of The Sopranos. Why? 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 The... Like, I'm going to just say it because it's, it was out 20 years ago. So no spoiler. Like, I, I should have been Because it ends and you don't know if you got shot or not. It just ends. It goes fades to black. Yeah. They're all in a restaurant and then that terrible song plays and then it just fades to black. Well, it's that journey song, isn't it? Just a bottom boy. Oh, that's a cheap song. Did you ever see his nose? Who's Steve Perry's. What's wrong with his nose? Oh my god. Steve Perry! And his hair. He's the straightest hair. Steve Perry. Steve Perry nose. Oh wow, look at him. Look at a young He's Steve Perry. He's an odd looking man, isn't, yeah, he? isn't he? Steve Perry net weight worth. Go. Oh, that's a toughie. Not as much as I thought for some reason. Maybe like 50 million? 60. Yeah. I thought he was going to be more. Why did I think that? Does Steve Perry get royalties? Yes, he does. 
don't stop believing. I could always tell my mum was fighting with my dad because I would come she home. Would that? No, no, I come home from school and. Uh, oh, he do- Oh, yeah, no, I see the nose thing there. Yeah. He would, especially from side. Yeah. He's got a beak. That's a whopper. Um, so. I love a big nose though. And obviously something had happened or whatever, and dad would be out working, and I go upstairs and I got ready for school, or I'd finish up, like you know, put on my pajamas and chill out, and I come downstairs. And she'd be blasting, foolish heart, <laughs> heed my warning, stop before. Would you be like, right, upstairs you I go. Stop falling. <laughs> and she'd have the brute, like the mop. She'd be giving it socks. And like- the fucking uh, chairs would be up on the table. She'd be cleaning her life away. And she'd be like, oh, foolish heart. And I'd be like, eh. Upstairs. So there's no dinner today. Uh, upstairs I go. No dinner tonight. <laughs> All right, Grant. Jesus. Steve Perry Blasson I'm not a fan of Journey and then I'd come then I'd come down the next day and all the fucking plates be at the back oh god traumatic family experience guys you've but that's, been gone listen don't be what do they wrong say? anymore <laughs> what do they say you're either funny or you had a normal family life mm. what are the two guys um, you're either funny or you had a great childhood um, yeah so I like is that what's wrong with Graham then poor Graham I'm married wrong married wrong he had a nice childhood. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the end of Sopranos. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. A lot of people didn't like Gabagool. it. Gabagool! Because I think they just thought he was going to get shot. Yeah. He's a terrible person. There's nothing redeemable about no. him. And like I was reading things about it and people were like, sometimes you love him, sometimes you hate him. I think he's a fucking piece of shit. But I'm watching the morning show season two, right? And you know the way I watched the morning show season one? Yeah. You need to watch, the season two was very good. Okay, okay, I'll watch And Billy two. Crudup. Is that's because you want to ride? No, honestly, no, he's, he's very your type. Unbelievable in the second is he season. He's not very your type. He's a slight man. Yeah, he's a slight man with like I love power. A slight man. Yeah, yeah. A slight man with, with power. Yeah, yeah. That's he's, your thing. He's, he's, he's middle aged. Yeah. It's like dead I am issues. surprised when he heard up it Oh, he's got a shit together and he's middle aged. Oh my god! But he's a terrible person who's riding everything. I presume. In real life? No, in this show. No, 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 no. no. He's a lovely person. He's not. Lo- Just watch it. Anyway, um. Jennifer Aniston's character is one of the worst human beings. Really? And people are like, you kind of feel like you like love her and feel sorry for no. her. And then I was like, no, she's terrible. Yeah, I don't do that. I think she's horrible. But then I think some people like, I can... there was the things about Tony's Prano where he's like, he really liked animals and stuff like that. Where people are like, oh, he's really, I was like, yeah, you really liked animals. And he was blowing people's head off with a shotgun. Mm. Doesn't, one doesn't take away from the other like at all. Feeling The treatment of women in it is again. fucking hard, man. It's oh, yeah, really it's awful. Carmen. Like, Carmen. Poor, uh, poor Adriana. Adriana broke my fucking heart. Yeah. Like, all she wanted was to be loved and to have, find someone to love and then that all got fucked up. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. It's over now. And then I watched Squid Game. Watch it. I'm on the... I don't, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I don't think I want to stick with it. No, I, I'm going to be too honest. Depressing. I only watched it. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking... Oh, that's the way I felt when I was watching. I enjoyed it, like it was fun, but I was like, oh, I was like, man, I can't, I just need something. Like, because I think as I just watched The Sopranos, I was like, I need something light. I can't. Like, I started it, and Graham was like, do you want to watch? It? And then Graham was watching the dubbed version first thing, and I was like, no, no. And then, and then I kept trying to Google how much the money was worth, and it's not worth that much. So <laughs> I don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. Because <laughs> um, they're in debt up to their eyeballs. And um. Yeah, I just was like, this is too depressing for me. Yeah. I think people are... It's like the biggest show on Netflix ever. Ever. I think people are... I think I feel, I feel like I, we all need just to watch light things at the moment. Just a bit of lightness. Mm. Watch Ted Lasso. Sarah's watching Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. One, like that show you go from like being like laughing... To like... <gasps> to like... <gasps> 
But like crying in a way that you're like, the world is a good place. Yes. People are good. It's so lovely. Do you find himself attractive? Not yeah. the other guy as well. Yeah. Uh, the footballer. Yeah. The angry footballer. Yeah. Do you find him attractive? Yeah. He was you, in a show with Ricky he's Gervais. so nice. I listened to him on a podcast recently. He has his own podcast, a movie podcast. Don't see. He's obsessed with movies, yeah. So he's his own podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's a podcast just he interviews directors and screenwriters and actors. He's like really into films. But he was on a podcast. Oh, Pete Holmes' podcast. He's so fucking nice. He's such a lovely guy. And he's so humble and so funny and just really, really nice. So I wasn't attracted to him and then I listened to him on the podcast and I was so like, he was in, oh, uh, I'm attracted to you now, He sir. was in that show that... Uh... Ricky Gervais did where he's in the care home. Oh, Becky loves that show. I loved it too. Derek. Yeah. He was in Derek and um, he plays the like love interest yeah. and he's really lovely. He's a really fucking um, nice guy. And then when I saw him in this and then do, do you know that girl? Juno Birch. She's amazing. She's amazing. It's Juno Birch English. Yes. I always thought she was American. I always thought she was American. Her accent is her fucking Her Liverpool accent is amazing. Her, all of her accents. Mm. She's so good at accents. And that lady, the, the main lady. Oh, she's amazing. Well. She's amazing. She's like an Amazonian. She's like, she's unbelievable. She's so tall and so she's together. so stunning. Um, but she's yeah, like, I think I think personally, here's the thing about Ted Lasso. I think four years ago, I would have hated Ted Lasso. I don't think I would have enjoyed it. But now I'm like, oh god, the world's good and people are nice. Do you know what I like nice. most about Ted Lasso? What? <coughs> that it is doing this. It is doing good work. In terms of breaking down toxic masculinity yep. stereotypes. Yep. And it's like the one thing Which that I haven't rare. heard anybody talk about. But like that is about a football team. Mm-hmm. And that entire show is set in like a football team's yep. like dressing room. And if that was any other show, it would be vile. Yeah. And they're just like that. I think that's what I like about it the most. Um, it just is so sweet and lovely. Pair, uh, what's his new one? I'm on in first season. Okay, that's right. I won't talk, I won't talk about that because that's a spoiler. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I love Jason Sudeikis as well. He's fucking Fuck, brilliant. I love Jason Sudeikis. He's so funny. I do. Who wrote it? Jason Did he Sudeikis write it? and somebody else, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of it has to do with his personal situation. Probably, yeah. Like with losing his partner and... And she's off riding Harry Styles. Yeah. Watermelon sugar! You're too young for me! I remember Harry Styles was uh, in part of the LGBT community. That made me laugh. That's yeah. a straight man. He did that. Getting sponsored him. by Gucci. Yeah. And everybody stopped. Like, he is in no way part of the LGBT community. He's so fucking straight. Um, I had other recommendations. But I can't remember what they were. Oh. I found this Instagram account. Go on. And it's called Dark Theme Reddit on Instagram. And it's so fascinating. What is it? So it's basically... It's all from Reddit, but I don't have Reddit. So people put up things like, what's the creepiest thing that's ever happened to you? Have you ever had a paranormal experience? What's the like weirdest unsolved case that you know about? Name some facts that will terrify people. I don't read it at night because I made that mistake when I was down in Longford in the dark. Um, but it's so good. So if you're bored, go on that. It's really interesting, but it's very scary. It's scary. Speaking of Instagram... Uh, we got locked out of our Instagram account during the week. Yeah. So I put up a birth, this is so strange. I put up a birthday post for Sarah Jane of a really cute video of her in Paris. When we were in Paris like two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, and it's just her, there's like the Monsters Inc. thing where you scream into the the box thing. And it, you know, because when, when the kids scream, they get like power or whatever. So it's just Sarah screaming into that and then walking away and I'm laughing. And I got like... I went onto my account and I got a thing saying this has been deleted for bullying and harassment. 
I was bullying Mike Wazowski. And I was like, what the fuck? So they were like, please review it and see if we'll give it back to you or whatever. So I clicked the review button and then they came back and they were like, no, we're not putting this back up. So I tried to put it back up again and they took it down. And then our account got like locked. Yeah. They wouldn't let me post anything. They wouldn't let me reply to DMs. They wouldn't let me like post. They wouldn't let me do anything. So whoever was reporting that video. Yeah, I wonder why they were reporting. I have no idea. Do you feel like it was targeted? I don't know, but it was just such an innocent little video. I was like, how is this targeted harassment and bullying? Of whom? And I would just say, I looked beautiful. She looked stunning in it. And I'm so sad because I tried to put it up again and they were like, no. I loved my arse and everything. It's like they're keeping an eye on us or something. But yeah, fuck you, Instagram. And fuck whoever. Fuck you, Instagram. That was a nice post and I'm sad. Yeah, it was a weird week, internet wise. Yeah, it was very, very strange. Everything was very strange. Everything went out. I deleted the podcast, then we got blocked. <laughs> Listen, it could be worse. I have housekeeping. Housekeeping? Yeah. I want to say first, we did this on the Patreon, but I just want to say thank you to Kirsty in Australia for all the little. Kirsty sent us a care package full of Australian sweets. And it was a great time. And everybody needs to fucking follow Sue. Yeah, follow Kirsty's example. Get in line. Give us candy. Um, and send us fucking shit. It was delicious. Thank you so much, Kirsty. I know she listens. You all right? Yeah. I know she listens to the main podcast. Uh, new merch. We have to deal, figure out this with Phoebe. Sorry, Phoebe. Everything's been a nightmare over the last three did weeks. Did she email us? She did, but I'll get back to you. I promise I will get back to you this week. Everything has just been a fucking mare. So I'll get back to you this week. But we're going to have new merch. It's going to be cute. We're going to be happy. Um... Was there anything else? Yeah, we deleted the episode. I told everybody. With Secret Lady. Secret Lady? Can't talk about Secret Lady. Secret Lady. Secret Lady. Danger we're Lady. Gonna have, we're going to have some news. Good news. Um, good news. Good news. Good news. Uh, yeah, okay. And was there anything Halloween's else? coming up. Yeah, I think we think it might be like a Halloween episode. But yeah, we're not actually, sure. if someone could give us ideas for the Halloween yeah, episode. Yeah, I do. That'd be fun, actually. We could look at that, uh, what you say, Dark... Dark, dark themed Reddit. Dark, sorry, I'm, dark theme Reddit. I'm in it. I'm in. I'm down. Isn't it? Did you look at it? Yes. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um, what else was there? Oh, Robert Durst. This isn't housekeeping, but Robert Durst got sentenced to life in prison. Now he doesn't look like he's much life left in him. They said he's on a ventilator yeah, from COVID. So he's on the way out, thankfully. Um, but I'm delighted because her that lady's family finally got some fucking justice. Um, he also murdered his first wife, but that's never. Nothing else is ever going to be done about that. Um, but yeah, he can fucking rot in jail for all I care. Scumbag. Scumbag. And fuck his family for Watch the jinx. Watch the jinx. Um, I think that was everything. I think I had nothing else to talk about. Um, oh, I have a rec for, for two books that I'm reading. That are very, very funny. The first is by an author called Simon Rich, who is, he wrote, he was like, wrote on SNL for years, like four years. And he writes like um for the New York Times. He does like op-ed pieces and he writes stories for the New York Times. He is the funniest fucker on the planet. Oh What's my his god, name? Simon Rich. He wrote um Man Seeking Woman. Have you ever seen that? It's a TV uh, show. There's only two seasons that got cancelled, but it was great. Jay Bruchel was in it. I don't think so. Uh, Jay Bruchel, who is Seth Rogen's friend, who was in um. This is the end. That movie. He was also in a TV show called Unde- oh. Undeclared, which was fucking hilarious. It was one of um, oh, what's his name? Fucking that did Man Seeking and- Woman. Is that the guy who's in Freaks and Geeks? Yeah, Jay Bruchel. Yeah, Jay I love him. Yeah, Jay Bruchel's hilarious. But uh, Undeclared was such a great show. Charlie Hunnam was an Undeclared. Seth Rogen, Jay Bruchel, uh, and a few other people like famous comedians were in it. 
and what's the name of the guy that did Freaks and Geeks the producer Judd Apatow Judd Apatow did Undeclared it's fucking brilliant it was one of those shows that used to be on Network 2 at like 3 o'clock in the morning that I used to watch but Simon Rich wrote Man Seeking Woman and he writes short stories and his new one is called New Teeth and it is one of the funniest things I'm in tears reading it so read that and the other one is a graphic novel novel called Moms it's a Korean graphic novel by Young Shing Ma and it was just translated to English oh I used to watch watch this show Undeclared yeah it's great Fucking Seth love. Rogen's in it. Seth Rogen, Jay Bruchel, yeah, uh, and a few others. Um, they had like loads of like guest actors in it, like that were famous friends of Judd Apatow or whatever. But Charlie Hunnam is in it as well. Yeah, Charlie Hunnam is it's in it. So good. after Queer as Folk. So good. Um, Queer as Folk. But yeah, if you can get Moms by Young Shane Ma, it's so good. It's a graphic novel, and it's about Korean moms, and it's equal parts sad and funny. And also, Korean women should burn everything to the ground. Burn it to the ground. Burn to the ground, Korean women. Um, All yeah, women. There are my recommendations. I said when we come back, I give recommendations because we haven't been here for a while. Yeah, we haven't been no. here for a while. Um. Oh, Sarah's watching Only Murders in the Building as well. Yeah, I read Only Murders in the Building because I will watch anything. Steve Martin. With Martin Short. Martin Short. Um, I have to watch it. I, Martin I Short is so fucking funny. He's just like so quick. He's, he's who he's I want to be when I grow up. like that you just having a conversation with him must be amazing. Yeah. Whenever I see him on Conan, I'm when always he talk, like... When he did Conan's podcast, is the fucking funniest thing. He just ripped Conan shreds for an hour and Conan, half. But that's his thing. So funny. But even in this, that's what he, like, he rips. Like, I haven't listened to Conan in a while, actually. A few episodes um, I haven't listened to. My favourite thing is that story he tells about when he went to Steve Martin's house for the first time. Oh, that's so funny. And he's like, uh... <laughs> I love are you do are you doing well or so, he's like are you do your movies do well and he was like oh well, yeah they do pretty well and he was like well you wouldn't be able to tell from the house um, but yeah that's all the things we're listening to that's all the things we're reading that's all the things that's we're all doing that's all the things we're doing I don't have anything else I don't think anything else has happened we've just had a shit two weeks but it's over now Mercury is finally out of retrograde which I fully blame for everything is that what was wrong with us? I feel like it was I googled it straight away I was like is Mercury in retrograde and then so, someone messaged me I think it was on Instagram to be like Mercury's in retrograde fucking knew it yes I like to do you know what they should do on Mercury's in retrograde put out like a bat signal yeah. in the sky so we know I still don't understand what it means <laughs> do I but I blame it for everything uh, people were, I remember when I was younger I was watching a TV show and it was like Mercury's in retrograde that's what's wrong and I was like I think it was Roseanne and I remember that stuff you're a fucking racist bitch she gone now they're doing like a show without her though is she in prison or something in it no she's dead what this... is it? what's Roseanne's name in it the Roseanne Burr what's her name of the show Roseanne Burr <laughs> <laughs> are you just gonna keep saying Roseanne Barr I don't know the answer uh, the Connors um, shall we do the story again for the 67th time you can just go to sleep you don't have to listen to this no I want to listen what no you don't have to yeah, but now if I don't make a sound people are gonna be like a shit sleep you've planted the seed <laughs> do I snore no Craig no. always says I snore no Colin says I snore you like, don't snore. I can through the, the only time I snore is when my hay fever is bad because I lie my back and I'm like, you think you do snore. He's only saying that because it sounds like someone is hammering in there. I don't know how Craig sleeps. I, then that's why, I oh, because Colin why, snores. Oh, does Colin snore? I presume that's why Craig puts his earphones in at night because I was like, I'd fucking kill him. I'm seeing this into this music. This is really funny. When we were in college, we stayed over at my friend Colin's house one night and uh, we, we, we all stayed in the same room. And we woke up the next morning and I was like, morning. And he's like, oh, I didn't sleep at all last night. Colin said, and I said, why? And he was like, listen to this. And he just played back Colin snoring. And it was Colin was like, and then I could just hear Colin going on the recording. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was in tears. I was like, I love my people do this. He's like, Jesus Christ. But like his snoring, it was like, 
Colin, <laughs> Colin's all gets all congested because he's got really bad hay fever and asthma. So he's like <laughs> through the wall. Who's like, you're snoring, too. <laughs> For the record, I do not snore. You don't snore. I've never heard of you. Oh, I love my all-time favorite You thing. talk in your sleep. Yeah, no, I do. All-time is that thing where people are like, do, like, for fuck's for sake, Jesus Christ. I don't snore. Um, I was on a Zoom call, uh, not a Zoom call, but like a work equivalent on Friday yeah. with the entire network, right? So everybody was on it. Like big wigs, the big wigs, and someone was presenting their uh, deck, and someone for like accidentally turned their microphone on, <laughs> and just went like this. Jesus, this is- <laughs> I can't even say. So, Jesus, this is so boring. <laughs> like that. Oh no! I would have just faked my own death immediately after that. Like I would. And then uh, Paul was like, uh, "The guy's name was Matt." He was like, "Matt, Matt, you're not on mute." So he put Matt on mute. And then at the end of the call, there was like a thing that was like a roundup of something. And Matt was like, "I just to be clear, I wasn't saying you were born. I was saying this is born." I was like, "Matt, just shut the fuck up! Stop digging the hole, Matt. Just leave it alone." Oh my god, that that is absolutely something I would do. I would 100. I'm telling you about the time I was on a call and um. Again, it was like a big call. Not everybody was on it, but like the director was on it and Jim and me were on it and like a couple of other people. Yeah. One person in particular that me or Jim do not like. Okay. And I was presenting my deck. Okay. And Jim accidentally took himself off mute. And the person that we do not like had sent an email to this other person that was asking Jim a question about it. And Jim was like, tell that baldy cunt. And I was like, Jim, 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 Jim. Sarah. I was like, and he just went to say, he was like saying cunt. And I was like, Jim. Uh, shut, 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 shut. And I was like, hey, Jim, Jim. Just so I was talking over him to stop him. And then he put him on mute. And then the guy who he was talking about was like, well, he's clearly talking about me to everybody. And I was like, so I'm just going to present my deck now. I was like, hyperventilating. And then that's Jim, the only thing about that, like Zoom shit is you, it, I'm just, that happens all the time now. Because people, you're not. Like you're not always thinking, and no. especially if it's early in the morning. Mm. Oh, Sarah! No. It wasn't. It was like a Friday middle, like we were ready to go home, that and Jim was cunt. like, God, "Tell that baldy cunt!" It's <laughs> <was> like they're <laughs> uh, probably just like, "Oh, Jim." And then uh, what you call it? And then, then I had I was presenting my screen, which means you can see what's yeah, on my yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. He was fucking chiming me incessantly, be like, "Did everybody hear me call Steve a cunt?" And I was like, "Oh, Jim, please stop, Jim! I've only got ninety seconds. Please stop it!" Like he's like. I was like I was like you're on this call with me stop trying to make like (laughs) oh my god Jim what a legend I would love to have him on this oh he's so fun Um, should we do the story hey Colin tell us about the Patreon sure thing Lily Pops Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximum bell bag and some surprises along the way but that's not all every single week due to pop
popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be miscellaneous most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, murder most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan-favorite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Um, so this week's story is very, very horrific. It's violence against women. It's also assault, sexual assault and murder, just as an FYI. Just a norm. Just, just a norm. normal of how women exist every yeah, day, just constantly. Just that like, happens to women um, every day in their lives. So I did this story because, uh, obviously this is horrific, and also just because of the Sarah Everard um, verdict and just the constant and utter violence against women that is perpetrated daily and needs to be talked about. So, um, So I'm just going to start this story with some statistics about femicide just in Ireland I don't have statistics about anything else um so femicide in Ireland 236 women have died violently between 1996 and 220 so these 2020 these statistics are up until 2020 I'm sure this has increased since the pandemic to be perfectly honest with you didn't like violence go up like 98 percent I was going to say 87 percent against women in in their homes in their homes during the pandemic 98 fucking percent like it's not funny how that statistic didn't move on the other side no so 18 children have died not all men ugh 18 children have died alongside their mothers. 147 women have been killed in their own homes. That's 62%. One in every two femicide victims is killed by a current or former male intimate partner. This is 55% of resolved cases. Women of any age can be victims of femicide. However, women under the age of 35 make up almost 50% of cases in Ireland. Under 35? Um, the age of 35. So, uh, under the age of 35, yeah. Okay. And I, for some reason, I thought I don't know why I thought it would be older. I don't know why I thought that. Like that's a very strange thing for me to think. Um. So, in almost all murder suicide cases, twenty one out of twenty two, the killer was the woman's partner, and in the twenty two quick cases where a woman has been killed by a male relative, eighteen were killed by their sons. So that could either be eighty percent. So that could either be sons, uncles you know, cousins, whatever, nephews. I know a fella at Maddie Farmer that, like, um, tried to, like, sexually assault his mum. There's, down in Longford, there was a case of that as well. A man yeah. raped his mother. Yeah. Like, I don't even, anyway. So, um, my references, I put them all on Instagram and on the Patreon page, or on the podcast page anyway. So, it's Irish Independent, Wikipedia, Press Reader, The Irish Times, Rollercoaster.ie. Uh, newsbreezer.com the journal um was there anything else and i got a good few irish times articles and there was uh, a, a small documentary i watched about this on youtube as well if you just type in this girl's name you'll be able to find it so my story this week is the murder of nadine lott so i'm doing this as well because the verdict just came out for uh, nadine's case on the 4th of october i believe so yeah so on the 22nd of december 2019 claire and david lott stood behind the coffin of their 30-year-old daughter, Nadine. St. Mary and Peter's Church in Arklow had an attendance of over 1,000 people who stood in the freezing cold churchyard, openly weeping and in complete shock. 
Claire Lott took to the altar of the church and spoke in clear and concise words of how incredible, kind and wonderful her daughter was. Claire described her as, quote, an amazing mother first and foremost and an incredible daughter. That her daughter was a breath of fresh air, that making other people laugh brought her so much joy and that she took so many pictures because she wanted to make as many memories as possible. As Nadine's six-year-old daughter, Kaya, I think it's Kaya, Kaya? Yeah, Kaya. Kaya, sat in the front pew staring up at her grandmother. Claire told her that she would have her own guardian angel now, that, quote, mummy will always love you. Claire walked down from the altar to applause from the congregation for her bravery at being able to stand in front of them and speak even though their daughter had experienced such unfair and evil cruelty at the hands of a man. Nadine's father David and her brother Kyle placed one of Nadine's handbags on the altar along with a picture of Nadine and Kaya both smiling with pure joy. No one in that church in the December morning could understand or comprehend what had happened to a woman so filled with life and prospects. Father Michael Murta, who led Nadine's funeral, probably spoke for Nadine's friends, family and the mourners joined together in sheer grief when he said, quote, it's just not supposed to be like this. Take a little drink, because my throat's killing me. Covid. It's the Rona. So Nadine Lott was born in October 1989 to her parents, Claire and David Lott. She was Claire and David's second born child and had two sisters, Tanith. Tanith. Tanith and Phoebe and a brother Kyle. All four children were raised in Arklow in County Wicklow. I find the Arklow accent very specific. Is it not super posh? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's very... Um, I find West Cork accents... Like, so does West Cork with money and or does West Cork without money? Yeah, and West yeah, Cork yeah. with money, like, have a really they, posh... It's borderline English. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, find, I always find the Arklow accent very kind of... Very specific. And there's like the West Cork I have no money and they're like bread of a Monday Claire described Nadine as a quote textbook baby and a bubbly child she said that Nadine was a loving child and that as a teenager and adult she was popular and incredibly funny and caring Nadine had a keen interest in beauty therapy from a young age and decided to follow this as a career Claire said Nadine was very happy with her career path and in 2012, Nadine moved to Australia to work as a qualified beauty therapist. Nadine moved to Darwin on a working visa and it was here she would meet Daniel Murta. Nadine told her family that she was dating Murta and described him as fun and funny. Daniel and Nadine dated until 2013 when Nadine returned home from Ireland. <clears throat> Daniel then followed shortly afterwards. So in 2013, Nadine became pregnant and gave birth to her daughter Kaya. So I'm un I'm actually unsure as to whether Daniel is Kai's father. I looked it up, but I couldn't find anything. So that's their own personal business. I don't know anything about that. So Nadine and Daniel. He's not named as her dad. Yeah, that's why I thought maybe, but I thought I maybe they just she, didn't. I don't think he is. Maybe she didn't. I have no idea. So in 2013, uh, oh no, sorry, I just said that. So Nadine and Daniel continued an on again, off again relationship until 2016, when the couple were planning on renting a property together in Arklow. On the day they were meant to move into their newly rented property in Arklow. Daniel failed to show up, so Nadine ended the relationship for the final time. Daniel went home to Mammy and Daddy in Clondalkin. You just left. Mammy and Daddy. Mammy and Daddy. Like the little fucking piss Runt. aunt he is. Um, so Imagine they, that they rented a house. house. And she was like, we're moving in today, and he just didn't turn up. So she's just like, right, fuck you, I'm renting the house. Although Nadine had told Daniel they were finished as a couple, he remained in contact with her. Weeks before the night of December 14th, there had been a lot of WhatsApp messages exchanged between the two. It seemed as if Nadine was trying to be amicable with her ex, but Daniel was obsessed with the idea of her being with another man. Do you ever have an ex that was like this? Nope. Homosexual. 
Two weeks before Nadine's horrific murder, Myrta had sent her a message asking if she was seeing another man. Nadine told him no and, quote, None leave, your it, business. leave it out. He then asked her if she had seen had a Dublin lad in her house, which she did, again told him, no, I don't have a Dublin lad. He's obsessed with this. So in a text on December 5th, Myrta texts, Nadine, I worry about you. Not in love, just don't slip. Also, that's how he spelled you. Yeah, I worry about you. Don't ever, don't send me text messages like that. Spell, spell the word. Spell the word out, don't you? Do you know what else as well? Don't oh no, do you know what? I've spelt and wrong so <laughs> many times. By any chance does your and come up as abs? Yes. What the fuck is that? What is that about? Why would I be saying abs so much, I yeah. And now because Me, I abs, Sarah. Now because I never fucking correct it. Yeah. Oh, every sentence. There's a way you can go in and like change it obviously for the word every time. Hey, we are going to the shop. Abs. Colin yeah. has got yeah, constantly. Fuck abs. All the time. Well, Don't do you say. like a chocolate abs, abs and a kind of coke? Yeah. Abs and a kind of coke. coke. Yeah. Every time. Don't know what that is. Sort your shit out, Apple. Nadine replied, nothing is ever going to happen between us again. I want to make that clear and don't threaten me either. When Myrta asked her why she thought he was threatening her, she said the don't slip comment sounded like a threat, which it does to me anyway, it does. So on December 6th, Myrta questioned Nadine again about having another man in her house. Quote, you rot me with this. Do you have Dublin lads in the house? What does it mean? Once again, Nadine told him no. This is like Dublin slang. Yeah, you rot me with this. It's like fresh chats. I do fresh <laughs> <laughs> fresh chance. What is the you rot me with? I've never, I've actually never heard that before. You rot me, and with he's this. from Clondalkin. From uh, Bell. What's so I thought maybe you would have heard this, like because you're from around, you're born and bred this area. So you rot me with you this. You rot me with this. Do you have Dublin lads in the house? And the fact that he kept saying Dublin lads, where does why does it matter where they're from? This fella's a fucking thick anyway. Obsessed with that Dublin dick. Obsessed with the Dublin penis. <laughs> he then told Nadine that he would quote be down next Friday try to be a bit nicer than you are now uh, I shouldn't be worrying as much my fault so they were clearly still like in contact with each other very very much on December 7th Nadine texts Daniel to tell him they were having a Christmas meal in her house and he could pop down if he wanted to maybe it's the baby's dad I don't know I can't find anything about it it makes so. no sense as to why she but then again like it makes all of these relationships where people get stuck in these like toxic yeah, this relationships it, when you like are looking from a from like a uh, unheightened point of view and outside of it and yeah. not emotionally attached. You're like, yeah. what? That what are you make doing? Sense. What I'll are you never doing? do anything like that. But then, and then you, you get, get stuck them. in those yeah. moments, and then you're like, why but did I act happen. that way? It does happen. It does. Yeah, like, it very much happens. And people, it happens to people where they do this for fucking years, and they my can't parents. move on. Yeah, they can't actually move on past what's happening. That was my mum with my dad. My dad did all manner of stupid shit. My mother was still like, just wanted to be with him. My mother would have never left my father unless he left her. He had to leave her. My mother would have been, my mother would still be with him to this day. And I know that for a fact because it just, some people thrive or don't know how to function without this shit. Yeah. Which is very sad and horrible and go to therapy. So on the night of December 13th, Daniel sent Nadine a text message asking her to quote, please come home soon. There were two missed calls to Nadine's phone at uh, 12.57 and 1.26 a.m. that night. Nadine's mother confirmed Daniel had stayed in Nadine's house on the night of the 13th as he had attended a lot of family members' birthday party. So just uh, FYI, this is very graphic and horrifically violent. If this is not When we recorded this the first time I cried. Yeah, so just please don't really listen to this if it will upset you. So on the night of December 14th, Amala Kalev- Kalenovic... 
just want to make sure I'm reading that properly, lay in her bed in her apartment in Arklow. Amelia could hear noises from next door. As it was close to Christmas, she presumed their neighbours were maybe having a small get-together and that the noise would calm down eventually. At around 3.30am, the noises seemed to get louder and she could hear crying. Amelia made the decision to get out of bed and go to their neighbour's house to make sure everything was okay. What a great woman. In, in, like, so many people would just no. roll over, put the headphones in. Just. And be like, oh, I don't want to get involved. Did you see that girl on the train in Philadelphia this week? What? Just one of the Philadelphia trains. This is trigger warning again for rape. Uh, was raped on a train as people stood by and watched it happen and did nothing. And some people recorded it. What? No one called the police. No one helped her. Why not? Rape, because they just were like, just didn't help her. No one helped her. And then people were saying, well, maybe it's because they're afraid of the police. She was being raped. If a bunch of you were like, that girl's being raped, the police aren't going to do fucking anything to you. Cop on. It's not an excuse. What? They raped her on a pack train. And people recorded it on their phone, Sarah Jane. And didn't stand in and help her. So that's what you're dealing with. That's what you're dealing with. What do you do with that look? Hmm? And were the people arrested? Uh, they got your man. Yeah, um, yeah no, one, no one called the police. No one called the police. No one... What did she want help? Right And I was saying, like, there was a group of them. I literally... Like, we would say you you probably wouldn't. I, he'd be fucking dead on the ground if he went... Like, imagine standing there and watch a girl get raped. Yeah. What the fuck? At least call the police. Yeah. Run up to the fucking door of the... And, and bang on the, the door. Stop. What's the emergency stop? Do something. Anyway, world's a nightmare. So, so Amila stepped into the hall. The light was on and she continued into the kitchen. Amila said she could hear a sort of gurgling noise. And when she rounded the corner, she could see a figure standing over another person who was laying face down on the floor. It took a moment for Amila to understand what was happening, but then she saw the blood. The man did not notice Amila as he crouched down made what Amelia described as a growling noise and began inflicting blows on the person beneath him. Amelia said he was like a wild animal. She said she, he had his hands around the person's neck and shoulders as he viciously beat them. Amelia could then hear the gurgling noise again. Amelia said she was in total shock and it was only then she realised the person on the ground was Nadine. Amelia screamed out, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? But the man seemed to not react at all, continuing to attack. Amila ran out of the house to call the police and Nadine's family. Uh, she called Nadine's mother immediately after calling the police. She tried to ex- explain between tears and screaming what was happening. Amila then looked out her window and saw the man leave Nadine's apartment and get into Nadine's car and drive away. So Nadine's sister Phoebe and her mother Claire, who lived nearby, arrived almost immediately. They actually arrived before the police. This is horrific. Phoebe ran into Nadine's apartment and noticed broken broken glass in the hallway. Claire Lott and her son ran into the kitchen to find Nadine laying on the ground, beaten and covered in blood. She was unrecognisable. Phoebe and Kyle began screaming as Claire sat down at her daughter's body. Claire said she attempted CPR on her daughter, but the blood in her mouth was too much. She then realised Claire was missing teeth. As her family sat on the kitchen floor, crying and screaming, all they could do was wait for the guardie to arrive. Claire said, quote, Nadine, my daughter, my baby was beyond recognition. She was gasping, blood pouring from her in so many places that all I could do was lie on the floor with her, holding her hand <clears throat> and trying to give her comfort, comfort that I was there. 
So the first Gardie in the scene, Gardie on the scene, uh, work Garda Linda Butler along with Garda Ben Silverlock. And they notice the st- strong stench of blood on the way into Nadine's apartment. It's blood smell. Yeah, it's got that like irony smell. It's got that like... Um, I didn't think you'd be able to smell it, but, but I thought it would just taste. When you think about it, how much fucking blood was there? They could yeah. smell it when they were walking into yeah. the apartment. When Silverlock entered the kitchen, he noticed a large pool of blood around Nadine's head. He immediately began trying to administer CPR, but once again it was futile as Nadine's airways were blocked with blood. Silverlock sorry, said Nadine was gurgling so he knew she was alive. Garda Linda Butler ex- exited the apartment to call for backup, telling the station that Nadine had been, quote, beaten to a pulp. It's just... I can't wrap my head around this, like, at all. I just don't understand. I just, like, as the last memory of your daughter and your sister. Walking into that, imagine walking into that. Like, before like I, I know just... she said that she... The reason she realised she was missing teeth is because she put her hand in her mouth to take the blood. Because she was trying to space And she was taking her teeth out yeah. with her. Like, like that as a memory of your... That's your, like, of one your of your last memories of your kid. Like, to know that somebody did that to her. Horrific. Like, beyond horrific. So paramedics arrived a few moments after the guardie and began working on Nadine. Ian Clark, one of the four paramedics who arrived in the scene, said that it looked like a bulldozer had driven through Nadine's apartment. Such was the damage done. Butler remembered kneeling on broken glass as he attempted CPR on Nadine once more. His uniform was covered in blood and completely destroyed and he had to change his gloves five or six times. Nadine had been beaten so badly that the flesh on her face had been separated from her skull. He said that there was so much blood that it was, quote, difficult to see where all the injuries were. What happened to Nadine Lott will haunt him from the rest for the rest of his career and it was one of the most horrendous scenes he has ever walked into. One senior guardie told of how he had never seen such a violent, grotesque, grotesque attack in his entire career. I'm only saying this because this is like when you hear senior guardies being like, I've been doing this job for 40 years and mm. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Like just to walk in and there's a girl on the ground, 30 years old, beaten to a pub for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So Nadine was still alive and paramedics rushed her to St. Vincent's Hospital whilst their doctors began to working to save Nadine's life. An intensive care nurse who treated Nadine said that she was completely unrecognisable and that she had never seen someone so badly injured. The nurse, Leah Grant, explained that Claire Losh brought a picture of her daughter to the hospital. Other nurses and doctors asked who the girl in the picture was and Leah had to explain to them that it was Nadine. So when Nadine arrived, the nurses mentioned that fragments of wood... A dinner plate and glass were embedded in her skull and in her hair. 42 pints of blood were administered to Nadine in the first 24 hours she was in hospital. Nadine's injuries were so severe that she never regained consciousness. And on December 17th, 30-year-old Nadine Lott passed away. So Chief State Pathologist Dr Linda Mulligan would uh, later note that Nadine Lott died from hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly so it's a type of blood uh, sorry brain dysfunction that occurs when the brain doesn't receive enough oxygen or blood flow for a period of time this was caused by traumatic head neck and chest injuries and her brain was swollen following the quote sustained and violent attack Dr Mulligan stated that injuries caused by hands fists or feet and the use of a blunt weapon could not be ruled out overall there were 64 injuries sustained to Nadine's body Blunt force trauma as well as stabbing, but some of the injuries could not be accounted for through medical intervention. That's just from the journal.ie verbatim. So she had so many 
injuries on her body they couldn't figure out what had done them or what had happened to her whilst Nadine's family dealt with the absolutely horrendous loss of Nadine Gardy were busy searching for the person who had carried out this murder Nadine's family had initially mentioned to the Gardaí that Nadine's ex-boyfriend, Daniel Murta, was who they believed had did this. The search for Murta began and it did not take long for them to find him. Amelia told the Gardaí that she saw the man who attacked Nadine getting into Nadine's car and driving away from the scene. Gardaí, fearing that Murta would take his own life, which happens a lot, began their search in earnest. Was he? What, was that his plan? They don't know, but a lot of them do that. They like, it's murder-suicide. They kill the person and they kill themselves. So they thought maybe that's what was going to happen. Probably not. He's probably just running back to Memmy and Daddy. Sounds like Oh, my son's an angel. So Gardy, yeah, I said that. Uh, so da-da. later that morning, Gardy received a call about a car crash in Lara in County Wicklow. A passing motorist had noticed a car lying in a ditch and called the authorities. I think that's where Rebecca's bought her house, yes. isn't it? The motorist who found the man will go on to tell Gardee that the driver of the car told him that he wanted to tell him something. When the motorist inquired as to what it was, the man told him, quote, I killed my wife. She was with my friend, so I killed her. This guy's on drugs. He is on drugs. The motorist said he thought the man maybe had an injured head and was talking nonsense, so he didn't think anything of it. When paramedics and the Gardee arrived, they recognised the man as 34-year-old Daniel Murtaugh. Murta then repeated what he had told the motorist to a paramedic, this time stating, quote, I killed my girlfriend. I killed my girlfriend. Murta was brought to Tal Hospital to be treated for minor injuries and was then subsequently arrested on the same day for the murder of Nadine Lott. He asked the guardie if Nadine was alive. Quote, answer me this. Is she still alive? Tell me, is she still alive? And he described what happened as a domestic. What I don't know, here's what I don't understand about that sentence. Go on. Is I don't understand how you start asking how the sentence starts with is she still alive for then you to be like because like that doesn't make sense for you to be like it was just a domestic it was just domestic but is well, she still alive is she still alive how severe did like what, what do you, you think a domestic is sir yeah like a domestic is someone being like get the fuck out and you'd be like fuck you and then slamming yeah. the door not I beat her to a pulp is she still alive, you stupid motherfucker? So Gardy brought Murta in for questioning in Arklow Garda Station. Superintendent Declan McCarthy, who led the investigation, described Murta as a narcissist with no remorse. Murta seemed to be more concerned with his own car crash than what had happened to Nadine. He told the Gardy of the crash, quote, I could have been killed. You should have been killed. You stupid motherfucker. When Murta was questioned as to what happened to Nadine... He told them that he loved Nadine, that he had taken a mixture of pills and alcohol and could not remember the night in question. So that was the first interview. In the second interview, Murta told the Gardaí he had given Nadine a, quote, soft slap. He insisted that this was the first time he hit Nadine and that he'd never hit a woman before. Nonsense. Bullshit. Lies. In subsequent interviews that night, he told the Gardaí, quote, I had no intention to hurt her ever, but then went on to mention that he had given Nadine, quote, six or seven hard digs, but did not go to town on her. This guy was built like a brick shithouse. Yes, he was a boxer. He was fucking huge. That's from the journal, Dottie. Actually, just for a bit. So during the final interview, sorry, during the second last interview, Murta said that he had pounded on Nadine hard and that he was punching like mad. He then mentioned he had trained as a boxer, so his knuckles were conditioned. And if he had wanted to kill her, he could have. This guy's scum. He's scum. Scum. It Scum. wasn't until the fourth and final interview that Murta admitted to holding a charger for a tyre pump, wrapping the wire around I his know, knuckles. What does that look like? Yeah, and beating Nadine repeatedly into her face and body with it. He also admitted to using another type of charger in a, quote, hammer action on Nadine. 
when Gardi asked Myrta why he did such a horrific thing to someone he supposedly love, loved, quote, no reason, absolutely no reason, guard. I'm going to pray every night. I just snapped. I don't know. I've never hit a girl in my life. Nonsense. Then, then he said, I know she was with the lad in Arklow and I was trying to get it out of her. This is a tale of, this is not uncommon, which is deeply frustrating. So Daniel Murta was charged with the murder of Nadine Lott and remanded in custody at Cloverhill Prison. In July 2021, the trial began to convict Daniel Murta of the murder of Nadine Lott. So Daniel's solicitors... How do these people sleep at night? I don't know. Argue. I guess that everybody has to have like... I know, but, but like... But like in this case, you know, like you know what yeah. he's done. This isn't a case of like, oh, well, we're not well, we sure. we don't know. We don't and know. like we have to... Pre- like it's like... He did it. He 100% did like, it. How, he, I just find it, how do you stand up in court and face the family of the people that this, this woman... Like, like he killed this girl yeah. in a manner that is like... Beyond anything... Like a doctor couldn't tell who she no. was. Couldn't tell who she was and they couldn't find out how many injuries she had in her body because she was so badly beaten. Like her, her skin left yeah. Her, her skull. skull and they're like and they're like oh we'll defend him um well you hear what he said actually you probably remember so Daniel's solicitor argued that due to diminished capacity Daniel admitted to drinking a bottle of rum taking pills and smoking weed before going to Nadine's house he did not remember what had happened Murta entered a plea of guilty of manslaughter but not of murder fuck off the defence then why did you ask the yeah. minute you were like is, is she, she alive, alive? The defence soon shot that to shit when they explained in explicit detail the injuries that Nadine had sustained. Nadine's family sat in the courtroom shaking and in tears as detail after detail of their daughter and, and sister and friend's last moments were recounted. It's like they were already going through this like yep. fucking Beyond. horrific event. And not only that, like, like these things happen and family members get a phone call and it's like your daughter's dead. They walked in and they found her on the fucking ground. And now all of a sudden you've got like this guy who's just like, oh, I didn't mean to do yeah. it. It was an accident. I was drunk. Fuck yourself, you piece of shit. So Claire, Claire Lott, Nadine's mother, told the court and Justice McGrath, who was presiding, that her family were, quote, haunted by the ter- terror, fear and panic and cries during the, quote, prolonged evil attack carried out by Daniel Murta. She described Murta as a monster. That's from the Irish Times. <clears throat> so Claire read her impact statement in the court. This fucking beautiful, she's incredible, powerful. I don't know how she did this. I don't know how she did this. I don't know how she did this. Amazing I woman. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sobbed, stand up and do this. Sobbed, yeah. sobbed, Like she, I, I, like I stopped. I don't even know this girl. Yeah, I couldn't. I like, like when I read this, I was like, how? How she got in up there in front of him? Like in front of him as her mother, and did this. It's powerful. She's amazing. So Claire read her impact statement to the court. She said, "Quote." We have now even more detail, evidence and pictures of the extreme gravity of Nadine's suffering. The callous, coldness and unremorseful evil that forced our beautiful Nadine from us, her family. The total carnage that we entered can and never will be forgotten. The house, her beautiful apartment, was the site of a horror movie. Nadine's blood splashed everywhere. Broken glass, smashed mirrors, just total horror. When we got to the kitchen, the screams of my son and my younger daughter I will always carry with me. Life without Nadine is cruel, empty. To have to carry on without her every minute of every day is a struggle. The never-ending pain, tangible emptiness, constant flashbacks are now part of our existence for us. Nadine's adoring family. That same evening, Nadine was taken from the hospital to the coroner's morgue. As now my daughter was evidence, my baby was evidence, her little body would be helped, used to help with her case. Nadine's case against a monster for the evil she had endured. 
We live in a never-ending nightmare that has no waking up time. We are haunted by Nadine's terror, panic, fear and cries on that night during the prolonged attack. So John O'Kelly, for the prosecution, told the court that Nadine's injuries were beyond comprehension. Quote, they consisted of the most appalling blunt trauma injuries to her face that had separated the flesh from the underlying structures. They were so dreadful. Nadine had a fractured jaw in two places, had a severe brain injury, and a stabbing injury was inflicted above her Adam's apple, behind her jawline and into her mouth. Stabbed? Stabbed, yes. Whatever he used. It wasn't a knife, but I think it was obviously something sharp, maybe glass, or like, remember they said they found dinner plate in her face? Yeah. So I think whatever he had broken off, he stabbed her with. John O'Kelly told the court that this was a case of murder and nothing short of murder. Quote, There is the clearest intent. Just look at what he didn't do. And what he never tried to do. He never raised a hand to get her any kind of help. So Myrtle's defence team tries to use a piddly, piddly ass defence of, oh, he was drunk, gave their closing statement in which defence counsel Brendan Grehan called the case tragic and that it was difficult for all involved. Fuck! Was it difficult for him, Brendan, oh. was it? Is he all right? Brendan also said he was... It's difficult mi- to understand your scumbag. Yeah. Brendan, comes terms with the fact that you're a monster. Yeah. Brendan also said he would make no apologies for defending Myrta as this is his job and what he must do. I have never heard, in all the cases we've done, I've never heard a solicitor say that. So clearly he was getting shit. Yeah, but he fucking deserved it. He could have said no as well. Like, you don't have to do it. Like, no, he was paying not, for this. It, it wasn't, wasn't free, pro bono. It wasn't free legal service. Like, he was, no, he was like... You could have said no, have but said obviously no. didn't. Graham said Myrta did not strike Nadine with any objects, even though he admitted it and told the guardie what he used and that the strikes were done mainly with his fists. Mainly with his fists is not the same as not doing anything with anything else. And the reason he was saying this is because in Ireland, if you use your fists or your body to fight, uh, it's seen as not as lethal as using an object and an object is seen as... It's a boxer. Yeah, you want to murder someone. It's a trained boxer. Um, he also said that Myrta was inebriated and on drugs and did not even remember seeing Amala, who walked in, Nadine's neighbour in the apartment. So therefore, his mind must have been gone. His mind was gone. He, his, had, his he psychopath. was murdering. He was a fucking psychopath. Yeah. That's why his mind was gone. He went there to murder he her. He went there to, to kill her. Like, he, was I, the tyre, like the tyre uh, pump. pump. He didn't bring, he brought that into the house from the car. Yeah. Like it was in the car. He brought it in. He was like, I'm going to find things to kill this girl. But he was breaking dinner plates over her head. Like, they were they were embedded in her skull. Pieces of wood. Pieces of mirror. Like, that wasn't like, oh, quick slap. That was like, I am going to kill, kill you. Um, So, he also told the jury that they must put their empathy and sympathy aside. That's when deciding a verdict and based on the facts. Jury are not supposed to do that. No, and how the fuck can you... Re- how can you remove empathy from a case where a woman has been beaten to death? Like... So the jury were like, grand, we'll base it on fact. And on nice. August 5th, 2021, Daniel Murta was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Nadine Lott. So on October 4th, just at the start of this month, Nadine's family and friends gathered at the Central Criminal Court to hear the senten- sentencing passed down. They stood together in bright clothes and purple masks with Nadine's writ- name written on them. Mr. Justice Michael McGrath called Nadine's murder brutal. He said that the evidence given by Gardy, first responders, Nadine's family and the medical team who worked on Nadine were harrowing and testament to the quote, terror, evil and brutality that the deceased was subjected to. 
So earlier, Detective Garda Dara Mulhall informed the court that Daniel Murta had nine previous convictions for threatening, abusive and insulting behaviour in a public place. And so was he doing that to women or men? To everybody. So obviously, because they were kind of trying to make out this is like a one-off thing. It wasn't. He had nine previous convictions. Justice Murtha commended Nadine's mother, Clara, for her efforts to save her daughter in such an unimaginable scenario and her strength, resolved and bravery throughout the entire ordeal. She was, she's amazing. In fucking incredible. McGrath then sentenced Murtha to life in prison. Pa- uh, family friend Porrick Highland spoke outside the court on behalf of Nadine's family. And this is just his quote. He said, Nadine's family want to thank the court and justice system for the verdict in this trial and the sentence today for the justice that that brings. They want to say that with this sentence can never bring back justice for Nadine. It can never fix true justice for Nadine. It can never fix what has been broken. It can never recover what has been lost. And nothing can ever truly provide justice for the loss in such a brutal and needless fashion of their beautiful daughter and sister Nadine. Nadine loved life. She lived for her daughter. Anyone who had the pleasure of meeting Nadine could not help but be touched by her and her cess for life. She was beautiful inside and out. A girl with a huge heart, with fun and kindness, with her whole life ahead of her. She was a loved daughter and a loving mother and a treasured sister and a best friend. Nadine will never be forgotten and her memory will be kept alive forever throughout her adoring family and friends. May she rest in peace. May she rest in peace. Poor Nadine. Tishak Michal Martin spoke to me. Kaya. Oh my God, her mum. What the fuck? And you know what the worst part about it is? Maybe she's not fully aware now, but she's going to be fully aware in a few years. Yeah. Just type her mum's name into Google and this fucking comes up like... Mm-hmm. Poor kid. So Taoiseach Michael Martin spoke to the Irish Mirror calling Claire Lott incredibly courageous. Quote, I want to express my deepest sympathies to the family of Nadine Lott. In particular, I want to pay tribute to Nadine's mother, Claire, for her courageous and moving tribute to her daughter in Cork. Her victim impact statement reveals the full horror, trauma and brutality of domestic violence. And it must move us to deal with this on a societal wide basis. So he pledged that the government would do everything in their power to, quote, root out the scourge of domestic violence. Yeah, men. 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 From the Irish Mirror, he pointed out that Justice Minister Helen McEntee last year published a plan on providing more help for victims and said its proposed reforms are already being implemented. Uh, Mr. Martin said more was being done to tackle the issue. He added, quote, across government, we are working on our new strategy to tackle domestic, sexual and gender based violence. And we will relaunch it later this year. So Rose Callaly, sorry, the mother of Rachel O'Reilly, who was murdered by her husband, Joe, said she fears that men killing women is actually getting worse. And she's not wrong. Quote, "Uh, there's so much of it happening all the time now. I often think to myself, are there any lessons actually being learned at all? It doesn't no! seem so. Young men have it every way now and nothing seems to stop them. They seem to think they can do whatever they like and anything goes. And actually, uh, Rachel O'Reilly was killed 17 years on October 4th, which was oh, the day yeah. that, yeah, that, yeah. that piece of shit was sentenced for Nadine Lott's murder. And that is the story of the brutal, brutal, brutal murder of a woman that never should have happened and that fucking piece of shit can rot in jail and what's really fat frustrating is his family can go in and see him and bring him little gifts and say hiya son how are you and he can go in and do his drugs in jail and do his little fucking workouts and do whatever he wants and that poor woman had to pull her daughter's teeth out of her mouth to try and give her CPR yeah and that's what's fucking frustrating because that cunt will be out He's, he'll probably he won't I don't think he'll do life to be honest you don't with think you. so no 
I can seriously see him not doing life. He'll be like, oh, he was a great prisoner. He was a, a perfect prisoner. He's out early. Son, you're home. Welcome home, son. I can just see it, like. But anyway, fuck that guy. I hope he rots in hell. And her family are incredible. And violence against women is horrific. And I'm sick of it. And I'm angry. And I'm constantly angry. And what do we do? I don't know what we're meant to do. That's it. It's like, what do we it's do? It's like, oh, we're doing reform. We're bringing things ahead. We're blah, 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 blah. Yet we're not doing anything to tackle the toxic patriarchy and the toxic masculinity that exists in this country as well because if you're not playing GAA if you're not playing Spartan if you're not with the lads on a Saturday being a fucking scumbag you're not a man like tackle that first before we fucking tackle anything else like but anyway God love her family if anybody is related to that woman listening to this just I'm so sorry because She's incredible and her brothers and sisters are incredible and... Her mum is incredible. Fuck me, man. I don't know how she dealt with that. Like, that's PTSD anyway for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You never get over that. You never get over that. It's a very tough story, though. No, it's it's horrible. Like, I know everything that we do on this is a hard... I know, yeah, But that's, like, a tough one. Like, just the, like, horrific brutality. Yeah. The brutality of it, I think it's the thing. And uh, I think the... Like, I know we get, like, we do stories and there's, like, people that always, like, try to worm their way out. But that thing of, like, oh, I just gave her a few slaps. A few slaps. And even at that, to think that that's a, a slightly justifiable thing. Yeah, and you're thing. like... He's like, I gave her I gave her six or seven slaps. Like, that's okay. She fucking choked on her own blood. Like, you, you, this poor girl had to get 42 pints of blood in 24 hours. He beat her to a pulp and even if she survived she would have had massive brain damage and her face would have been destroyed she wouldn't reconstructive surgery wouldn't have even helped her like she was he had destroyed her life regardless of what the fuck he did to her fucking piece of shit anyway we're gonna let Sarah go home she's very tired and she's on Xanax I'm sorry for such a graphic story um, but also please if you can the uh, what's the name of that that I read it from Women's Aid uh, have a website womensaid.ie if you want to go on there and there's some petitions to sign if you want to m- make any donations please do um, because they're doing incredible work and Women's Aid do amazing work doing I ever work. Said, like the I have I know so many people that have availed of the Women's yeah, Aid they're incredible and they also if you are in a position where you need to have an abortion or anything like that they actually give you proper steps because I find the yeah. HSE website shite for stuff like that <laughs> when the abortion referendum passed I remember reading the HSE website and it was very like huh? yeah um, so if you go to womensaid.ie just bypass the HSE go to womensaid.ie they'll help you there and if you need any help on if you're being abused or if you're in any position oh, if anybody can help you just go to women's aid or just speak to someone please because yeah this is this not- is happening constantly frequently um, also the Irish media are really weird and I don't know why they focus on what people look like and it really bothers me. What did they focus on? What she oh, yeah, like? they were just like, the beautiful, the pretty. She was so pretty. Like, it's more of a loss if they're pretty, which is so bizarre to me. Mm. Like, I don't get it, but anyway, that's weird. But yes, we're going to let Sarah go home. She's very tired. I died, they'd be like, good riddance. <laughs> fu- Two ugly cunts <laughs> died yesterday. The fucking hack of her. <laughs> the fucking hack of her. R.I.P. me home. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. me. Um... um um, but we are back and thank you everybody for listening booty, booty, Sarah's fucking out of her mind um, <laughs> it's usually me have you ever drank on this? no never 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 that no. seems like a terrible idea That's but also a do. great idea but it's also one of those drugs that people really abuse Xanax yeah all it? the like little um, SoundCloud rappers are always talking about dropping Xannies and what do you do when you drop a Xannie? 
Do you have to fight through and like, stay awake? They snort them. They do. They, so they snort like, them. Yeah, it's like, and they take like because I would only ever take usually take half because I'm if I'm super like anxious or whatever I usually take half. But I'm only taking half. Fuck you up. And I've never been like this. Yeah, like like I'm, part of me is like I'm not going to work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever like I think I'll be asleep for two days. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I was like, when I sit here, I was like, oh, I have to fucking ring somebody Poor and tell them to do the morning call. Because I'd be like, like, I'm too tired, I had to go to sleep. I had to go to sleep. Um, but we are back. We're mm. back, baby. Anyway, say goodbye to everybody. Everybody, I'm on drugs. Sarah's on the drugs. Goodbye, everybody. Sarah's on drugs. We are all on drugs. We're all on drugs. Sarah Jane lives in the house with her daughter Lily and her husband Grain. He's the guy who won't downvote their second name. Cause the second name, if I get us caught up in the middle of a gangland killing spree, yeah, now I dig this Emma man. Lives in a flat with a gay car calling and a couple of cows. Got a closet full of very nice dresses and a hundred hats. Come make a plan. Push a card, talk for a little while now for a long time. I know you like to throw on some.